Uh, it's absolutely kind of a humbling experience to be here tonight. I know that I'm not what you were expecting to hear. And uh, some of you I maybe know from living here, I have lived in the Powdersville community since my wife and I have been married, basically, for about the last 14 years. And so it's so exciting to have her and my boys here tonight. They just got done with cotillion this afternoon, so they're, they're still dressed up. You'll see some other young men in here dressed up, too. And, and so, uh, but I, I just want to tell you, first of all, that I, I'm really excited to be here. But it's a humbling experience to be here, and let me tell you why. Because Friday morning, my wife and I went to Chattanooga for a youth conference for youth leaders and their spouses, and there were about a 1,000 youth leaders and, and their spouses and, and lay people that were there together from about seven states. And so I was sitting there, and I was reading God's Word in the hotel room before I went down for the, uh, for the conference, and, and Chris texted me, and he said, hey, man, are you out of town? And I'm like, well, yeah, kind of, but, but not for long. And he said, hey, he said, look, would you... Would you be willing to preach tonight, preach Sunday night? And I said, absolutely. Because I feel like this, this, is, this is what God has called me to do. He has called me to preach. And more than anything, it's just, it's just amazing to see the community that I live in. I've been in your gym probably more in the last three months than I've been in your church in 14 years. Because, see, you have opened it up for our community. And so my oldest boy gets to play in there on Saturdays, and he gets to practice. And, and you've got a lot of community people that get to come in. And so I've actually gotten to be in your gym. And I want to say, first of all, I want to thank you for allowing us to do that. Okay, because here's the thing. The thing is, is our community can do amazing things. But it's only going to do amazing things when God's people see what he has for us. And so tonight, I just want to open with a word of prayer. And before I do that, if you've got a Bible tonight, I want to encourage you to turn to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew and chapter 8 in the book of Matthew. And I don't know where you are in your life or whether you grew up in church like I did. My dad has been a, a Baptist minister since before I was born. So the story that we're going to look at tonight, the scripture that we're going to look at, is one that many of us have probably heard numerous times. But I'm just telling you, like, I have been praying since Friday morning, and I'm like, God, you, you have what you want me to say, and there's nothing that I'm going to say. I don't want to say anything that is going to take you away from what God has for you. But I can tell you this. I know that we have divine appointments. And I know that God has you here for a reason, because you're here on a Sunday evening when half of the world has canceled Sunday evening service. And you think, obviously, that their God is, must be pretty big because you're here. And so I just want to go to the Lord in prayer, and then I want us to look at a passage tonight that's probably pretty familiar to you. Father God, I first of all just want to thank you for who you are. Lord, I want to thank you for this church. I, I want to thank you for, for the opportunity to be able to speak here. But God, more than anything, dear God, I just pray right now that, that Lord, we would see you move in a way that only you can. Father God, it, it's... It's a time when we can come freely. God, we have the freedom to be able to come and worship you tonight. And I thank you for each person that's here tonight at Mount Airy. Lord, I pray for the pastor and for the lost uh, father, God, of their family member. And Lord, I just pray and ask that you'll be with Keith and, and his family and all those that are involved. And Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity that we have for just a few minutes to look into your word. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the fact that, that we can adore you as, as, as our Lord and Savior. God, that we can look to you for guidance. God, that we know that you and you alone are worthy of praise. And God, I just pray that as we look into your word, that our eyes and our hearts and our minds would be about what you have. 
there's anything hindering me tonight or anything hindering from anyone here tonight from seeing who you really are, God, I pray that we would just lay it aside. God, that you would work as only you can in our lives, in Christ's name, amen. So the story I want to tell you tonight is, is going to be based off the fact that most of us know the story of Jesus calming the storm. But the more I read this passage, and I, I'll just tell you, I know this is not usually what a visiting pastor probably would do, and that's okay. Because I just believe that this scripture is what God has given me tonight. And so I want us to look in just a second at, at, at Matthew chapter 8. And we're going to be looking at, at, at verse 23. But before we start that, I want you to see that tonight, for some reason, the Lord has laid the, 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 the whole topic of the perfect storm. See, every single one of us in this room, regardless of our age, regardless of where we, grew, where we grew up, regardless of our family, regardless of whether we grew up in a godly home or did not grow up in a godly home, the fact is, is every single one of us have storms in our lives. And so tonight, I just want us to concentrate on the perfect storm. See, I know there's movies and things, and, and, and when we think of storms, a lot of times we think of destruction. I know I do. I know when I went to New Orleans, I know that at right, right six months before Katrina hit, I can remember what it was like serving those kids, and I can remember going back six months after. And the place that we worked was completely wiped off the face of the earth, and they were rebuilding. See, that's a storm. Probably one of the biggest storms in my life before we read this scripture is the fact I mentioned that my father was a pastor. He was a pastor well before I came into the world, a couple of years before I came into the world, and I was born in Texas, and we came here, and my dad would only served in four churches in 30 or 40 years of ministry. But I can remember graduating from North Greenville, and, and within a couple of weeks, I was getting ready to move back to Camp McCall, and I can remember the, one of the biggest storms in my life was when our church burned. See, my dad had been there for about 12 or 13 years. That was my family. See, I have a very strong family. My dad has always been a minister. My mom is an extremely strong Christian lady. But when the church burned, y'all, it was one of those things that it was a storm. It rocked my world. And so all of us have storms that we could go back to right now. So for just a brief second, before we read this scripture, I want you to go to a time in your life where there was a storm that you just wondered what in the world was going to happen next. It might have been a loss of a loved one. It might have been something in your family that was so tragic that, that you just didn't know what you were going to do next. It might have been something that happened to you. It might have been something that you were dealing with in your life. But here's the thing. That storm, later on, you saw how God worked. And so when we look at the scripture, think of these disciples as they're sitting in this boat and what's happening. So let's look at it. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. I'm going to ask you to stand. I, I just, I believe that God's word's that important. And uh, anything I have to say is not as important as it. So let's just look at uh, Matthew chapter 8. Let's start in verse 23. It says, as he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. Suddenly a violent storm arose on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was sleeping. So the disciples came and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to die. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, you of little faith? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the sea. Listen to this part. And there was a great calm. Verse 27 said, The men were amazed 
And they ask, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the sea obey him. You may be seated. Now see, I can remember this story being told to me at Crossroads Baptist Church when I was in about the third grade and my little teacher, Miss Fleeta Capel, was one of the sweetest ladies on earth. And I know every single week, it did not matter what was going on in her life, she was going to come prepared to teach. And she was going to have that flannel board ready. And they, they were going, she was going to tell that story, and then I got to carry home my adventure. That's what she called it. It was an adventure. We always got our little adventure to carry home. And so I can remember her telling this story, and I can remember her telling it like she believed it. See, she was well, well up in age. But the fact is, is I think that a lot of times we read these stories and we forget how real they really are. Because see, today, tonight, while we're looking at this, when we read this scripture, we all think about the fact that Jesus got up, he calmed the storm, but a lot of times I forget the fact that he was asleep. And here's Jesus' disciples, who, by the way, were the ones who had seen him do miracles already. They're the ones that have seen him heal people. They're the ones who saw a leper healed. They, they have seen these things, and so he's going out. They're going out in the boat to kind of get away from everything on the Sea of Galilee. And what I read about the Sea of Galilee is this would have been a sea that would have... They, they knew what could happen. They knew that if a storm came up, that it would be a, a, a major storm. It would just come out of nowhere. And it would absolutely rock who was ever in a, whatever boat they were in. But tonight, I want to I just give you a couple of things real quick. First thing I want to give you tonight is this. Every single one of us have violent storms. There's sometimes those storms might not seem big to everybody else, but they're big to us. And see, all of us have those violent storms, but here's the thing I want us to see. When they arise, we got to remember that that same Jesus that was with those disciples is the same Jesus that's with us now. I mean, here, here, here are these guys who have been following Jesus. Now, and it, when I think back at the disciples and these 12 guys that followed him, you know, three of them, the first three called were what? Fishermen. I kind of think that they would have understood a storm. But I want you to look at verse 23 real quick. It says, as he got in the boat, his disciples followed him. All right, when he called them, what did he do? He says, you come, follow me. Let's go make fishers of men. Let's, let's make disciples. So he's in the process of this. He, so they follow him. And then suddenly a violent storm arose on the sea so that the, that the boat was being swamped by the waves. And here's Jesus down here just taking him a nap. So here are guys who understand, if you've ever seen one of the biblical fishing boats, you just have a basic little wood fishing boat. These guys are out in a storm that... Many of us, if we were in a yacht, might have a problem with. They would have understood that this storm hit. But at this point in time, Jesus is sleeping and they're afraid that their lives are about to end. It wasn't a storm like, you know, where they said, well, you know what? It's kind of cloudy today. Maybe there'll be a storm. No, it says that it came in quickly. And on the Sea of Galilee, it would come in quickly. And when it would hit, it would just hit. And they were so frightened by this that they immediately go down, and I am sure, okay? How many of you have been in a storm that it kind of scared you? I know I have. 
If you haven't, then it's coming. And I don't mean like a storm in life. I mean like a real weather storm. I'm talking about where it is cracking all around you. I'm talking about the point where maybe you're out on the lake and the boat ain't making it back because you see the storm come up. Or maybe you're in the car and you're riding and the wind is blowing you side to side. That, that's, that's, the, that's the kind of fear they had. And so here they are with a guy who basically could do anything he wanted to because he was God in man form. And they come down to him and look at what happens. They come in verse 25. It says, so the disciples came and they woke him up and they said, Lord, save us. We're going to die. See, every single one of us have storms in our lives. But the thing is, is we have to remember that regardless of what storm we're in, that Jesus is still there. I mean, he was there. He was sound asleep. He obviously wasn't real worried about it. But the disciples were. And so they went down and they quickly, they woke him up. They said, Jesus, wake up. I got to thinking about it in my own life. When those storms come, what happens? Many times, first thing we do is we run and say, Jesus, what in the world's going on? What do you want me to do here? And we're forgetting who he is. We forget it as individuals. We forget it as families. We forget it as communities. We forget it as a nation. See, that, that same Jesus that was on that boat is the same Jesus that I still believe in. And so the story was so important that if you read, we're not going to, but it happens, it's recorded in Matthew, it's recorded in Mark, and it's recorded in Luke. So obviously it was a storm in which was recorded by three eyewitnesses. They, they saw what was going on. They saw this storm as it was happening. They saw what Jesus did. But the other thing I want us to realize is not only do we have to realize that in all violent storms that Jesus is there. The second thing we've got to realize is all violent storms still only have one hope. Jesus. Regardless of what storm you're facing in your life. Some of you I know in here. Some of you I have known for years. Some of you have faced loss. Some of you have faced storms that only a holy God can fix. That only a holy God can give you hope. See, here's the thing. There isn't hope without Christ. We can show up at church every single Sunday night, Sunday morning. You've got to realize, as a preacher's kid, I was there for baby showers. I mean, I was there if we were changing light bulbs. Didn't matter what was going on. In fact, I kind of laughed because last week, uh, I was preaching for a guy. He also had the flu, by the way. And so, I got to thinking about the Super Bowl. I'm a diehard Dallas fan. I obviously hadn't gotten to watch one in a while that I care about. But I'm going to tell you right now, I was at church whether Dallas was playing or not. But at the same time, think about this. This is a Jesus in which we have to have hope. You know, I told you real quickly, just a very brief story about how our church burned. And I'll tell you, it, it, changed, it changed the way I looked at life. It, it, was, it was tough. It's still tough. You see, that, that was my family. Not the building, but the people. That was the people that I was with all the time. 
And you know what? After that, there were a lot of things that changed. Lots of things. It was like every time I turned, there was a change in my life. And I'm like, really, Lord? But you know what's crazy? It's amazing how God shows up in storms. I've been a youth pastor full-time at Marietta First, youth and children for almost eight, going on nine years. My first trip, people think that I'm, I'm lying about this, but it's, it's the truth. The first trip that I took our youth on, we were going to the Braves game. Because you know all youth, good youth ministers have to go to the Braves game. And so the beautiful thing was is I took, and we were going to go to the North American Mission Board in Alpharetta for our youth kids to tour it. So I had been writing for, for Royal Ambassador Magazine, and, and they, they said, hey, Brian, if you ever want to bring your church kids for a tour, just call us ahead of time, and, and we'll do a tour, and we'll take them on tour of disaster relief, and we'll take them on a tour of all the different things the North American Mission Board has going on. And I was like, that's awesome. So I called. I said, look, I, I want us to have a tour. And so at that point, I did not have a bus license. Okay, I have a bus license now. So I asked the only senior adult in the church beside our preacher who had a CDL. I said, Alvin, will you please drive the bus to Atlanta? I'll buy your meals. Whatever you need, I'll take care of it. And we had a bus that was a 30-passenger bus, and I'm not making this up, with a brand-new $10,000 engine in it. Okay, now, you've got to understand, there were 30 of us that signed up. The bus held 30 people. I bought tickets online. I had been to Atlanta a million times. I ride the Marta in. I go to the game, and I get back out before half the people have got done with their popcorn. So we get in the bus, and we go to the North American Mission Board. It's one of the most amazing things that we've ever done. The kids got watches and, and t-shirts and got to go tour disaster relief and all this cool stuff and we get back on the bus and I'm like listen we got plenty of time before we go eat at the varsity because you have to go to the varsity you see that's written in the book so we go to the var on our way to the varsity I said let's stop in at the Lenox Mall now if you don't know anything about the Lenox Mall it's it's a pretty it's a pretty it's a pretty large mall okay and usually on Friday and Saturday and Sunday it's packed to the hilt well luckily this was on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday or something because it was during the summer and so anyway, we had the plan to go. I said, let's just go to the Lenox Mall. None of you can afford a shirt, but we'll go walk around for a minute, and then we'll go to the varsity and go to the game. Well, as I'm in there, okay, I, I get a text from one of my 12th grade youth. Now, you got to understand, I was part-time youth before this, so I kind of got the whole joke thing. He said, Brian, the bus is on fire. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so I'm just standing there buying my Braves hat. It was on sale. I was kind of happy about it until I get a, a, a text from the lead deacon. And he said, hey, Brian, you might want to get outside. The bus is on fire. So I sprint from one end of the Lenox Mall, because I knew the Lenox Mall real well, to the other end. And as I come out, when I tell you the bus burned to the ground, I mean the joker burned to the ground. Seats, flames shot out of the back. You say, Brian, what's this got to do with a storm? Well, you've got to understand, I had already seen my church building burn to the ground. So you've got people, you've got one woman with us, and, 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 and she's running out and she's screaming at the top of her lungs, our bus is on fire! Yeah, we get it. We got it. She said, what are we going to do? I said, well, number one, is there anybody on it? Who cares if the bus is on fire? Is any of our youth, or any, is Alvin on the bus? Let me tell you how, how sovereign God is. See, Alvin had gone into the restroom. And he said, Brian, when I came out, he said, the bus, he said, I literally saw sparks, and then all of a sudden, I just saw flames. Now, this is out in the middle of one of the largest malls in Atlanta. And when I say the bus burned to the ground, it really burned to the ground. And so we had, that morning, decided that we would carry a green van, just in case we needed it. 
And so Alvin was so shook up, he said, Brian, I, I don't think I can drive y'all home. I said, well, Alvin, take the green van. So I called our preacher, who I love to death. And I said, Benny, the bus burned down. He said, well, leave it there. What you going to do? I said, we're going to the Braves game. Now, let me, let me, let me finish the story because I don't want to spend too long on it. And I want to get through the scripture, which is important. Here, here's my point to you. I didn't get worked up about it because I had already seen a fire consume an entire church. So for me, all my kids were okay. I had been there two weeks. So you can imagine a Southern Baptist church getting them, by the way, your bus burned to the ground. The youth leader's still there. They said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to the game. So at this point, it's the first time I've ever held an actual church credit card because the church I was at before that did not have a whole lot of money for me to have a card. And so I swiped it like this right here. We got on the martyr. We rode to the varsity. We edited the varsity. We rode to the game. We watched the game. And then a big bus came and picked us up. And the next day, I did not care that the bus was still sitting in Atlanta because I knew that God had a plan. And what had happened was it was just a small little malfunction in the engine, the $10,000 engine they had just put in. Here's my point. Listen to me. Here's these disciples in this story, y'all. They are the ones that have seen Jesus work. See, here's the thing. I know Jesus works. I see it. I mean, I, I, it doesn't take a whole lot for me to see that God is still good. With all of this nastiness that we have going on in our nation, with all of this nastiness going on in our world, I don't have, we don't have time to be in the negative. We've got to look at the fact that Jesus is still working, even in storms. And so when I look at this, I still want us to realize, and I want us to realize that the hope in the storm has still got to be Jesus. I didn't get worked up about it. I'm going to tell you, I would, I, if one of my kids had been there, I mean, I, I just don't even know what to tell you because, I mean, that just takes it to such a different level. It's a bus. But do you know how big that was in a storm that I had already seen? It was just a minor storm. People are like, Brian, how did that not bother you? I'm like, well, what would, I mean, it was a bus. We got a new one. I still drive it around. But my point is, is here's Jesus. And, and so they've come down and they said, Lord, save us. We're going to die. Now look at verse 26. He says, but he said to them, why are you fearful? And then he asked the question. He said, why are you fearful, you of little faith? Then he got up, he rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. See, here's the thing. We could talk about stories. We could stand up tonight, and everybody could give storms that they've been in their life. Some of you have faced storms that I have never had to face. I have faced some storms at 41 years of age that you've never had to face. But I can tell you this. In the end, my Jesus is still doing what he's got to do. See, see, that's where we, not just individually, see, here's the thing. See, Satan is using storms to attack not just you, but to attack our families to attack our communities, to say, you know what? That God is not still real. Yes, he is. And I don't know what storm you're at tonight. I don't even know if there is a storm, but I can tell you this, if there's not one now, there will be. And I've got to get in God's word, and you have got to get in God's word to know what the next storm is and how you're going to see Jesus stand up. You know what? It might not end the way you want it to.
you know what? The, the boat could completely blow apart. You know what? That's, that Jesus is still Jesus. And so here's these disciples who, who are getting ready in many, many, many months to come. They're going to be seeing Jesus bring the dead back to life. They're going to be seeing Jesus feed 5,000 men. Not just 5,000 people, 5,000 men. That's the Jesus that we can believe in. And so the last thing I want us to see, and then we'll be done tonight, is this. We all have these violent storms. But Jesus is the only answer to make them perfect. Because see, here's the thing. I talked about that a lot of times when we think of storms, we think of destruction. Now see, before I, I went into ministry full time, I, I got to teach. I'm winking at one of my cohorts right over there, one of my good old friends. She had to teach beside me, bless her heart. Yes. Good old 20-something-year-old male in a third-grade and fifth-grade classroom. Just exciting. But you know, when I, when I look at storms, see, I had to teach fifth-grade science, probably not my favorite subject. Science has never been my favorite subject. But one of the things we had to talk about was how the earth, how, how is it formed? Well, it's, it's, it's formed through things sometimes that, that are storms. I mean, if you think about it, a volcano, what do we think of as a human? We think of the lava coming out and killing everybody around and wiping a town out, but, but it's a way that the Lord, what, replenishes and makes more land. That's why there's thousands of volcanoes under the earth, under the water, that most of us can't see or would not even know that's there because, see, listen to me, the God that we believe in, see, this Jesus that was there, that's his son who was God in man form. And here is disciples who see him and they see this storm and it rises up and it could have killed them and they, they go down and they wake him up and they're like, Jesus, do you not see that we're about to die? Can you imagine the storm Jesus went through to die? See, see we have to look at these storms and you know what? There's sometimes that it'll take you 10 years to even realize why it happened. I can tell you this. I didn't come to peace with that whole fire thing at our church for a long time. But you want me to tell you what brought me peace? The fact that I saw that because of that fire, I followed through with what God wanted me to do. And you know what? Had it not happened, I might not have. See, I, I know. I, I know that when I was 12, I know where I was. I was at Camp Call. And I remember giving the Lord the answer that I would do full-time ministry. I just knew it. But I'm going to tell you something. You know, people thought I, I taught school for nine years. I did part-time ministry. I did all these different things. But every time I look back at those storms in my life, I see where God brought me through it and gave me better things. I mean, to be honest with you, without it, I might not have met the little lady that's sitting right back there who I love to death, who is my helpmate, who I have three children with. Because those storms, let me go ahead and tell you something, that's what it led to. It led to me seeing that, you know what, some of this i got to put behind me and i got to move forward. And God's got something for me. So the last thing is this, we all have violent storms, but Jesus still is the answer to make the storm perfect. Look at the last verse, verse 27 that we just read. It said, the men were amazed... 
And they said, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the sea obey him. The kind of man it was, was Jesus. It, it was the man. It was the one that would change the course of history for me and for you forever. It's the one that throughout this book right here, everything from the Old Testament points to him and everything after it points to him. That's, that's the Jesus that calmed that storm. And here's his disciples, the ones that were the ones that were starting to be the closest to him, that had seen him do these miracles. And they're like, wow, I can't believe he did that. Even though he had already healed people. And you know, time and time again, what do we read about the disciples? We read about them and they see these miraculous works that Jesus has done. And then they still step back and say, man, I just can't believe he did that. Look at me. Through our eyes, many times, that's the way we look at Jesus. Or at least I do. I step back and I say, man, I, I can't believe that happened. I cannot believe that God did that. But in the end, it's a storm that I had to go through to get me where I am today. See, that, that Jesus, he died for me and for you. And so when those, when those disciples said that, this is the crazy, this is where I'll end, this is the one thing I'll end with. Here's what's crazy. So this weekend while we were in Chattanooga for the youth conference, so the band is up there playing the praise chorus for the speaker to come out and speak, and, and I think everybody that was at the conference wanted to come hear, hear, hear the guy speak. So I think everybody was in there. And so Angela looks at me and she says, Brian, I think there's a fire in here. And I'm like, I don't see it. I looked up and there, there's lights flashing. The band's still just rocking as hard as they can go, and we're all singing and throwing our hands up and worship. And then all of a sudden, the guy walks out and he said, hey, there's a fire in here. I don't want to alert you, but you're going to all need to leave the building. Really, Angela? There's a fire in the kitchen. It's a small fire. So we're just going to ask everybody to go out front. I was going to leave my bag. Angela says, nope. She said, your journal's in there. She said, if it burns up, I don't want to hear, I'll never hear the end of it. But we walk outside, and here's what's crazy. Let me just show you how God shows you just crazy little things. And so we go outside, and the band literally comes outside, and they bring one drum and one guitar. And there's a 1,000 youth ministers and, and wives standing out in front of the convention center in Chattanooga, and we just have a worship service. And there's buses driving by, and there's cars driving by, and there's these big like buses, and they're so loud you can't even hear the music. But people didn't miss a beat. It's like we just kept, we kept praising God and the speaker comes out and he speaks to us. And we end up having worship outside in Chattanooga when there was a perfectly good convention center that was on fire. We never got to go back in, y'all, that night. In fact, the smoke got so bad, you could look in the windows and you could see the smoke. It was not a large fire, but I'll tell you this, it was a large enough fire to cause some worry. Next morning, we were right back in there. I don't know where you're at tonight. To be honest with you, if anybody needed this sermon tonight, it was me. But I can tell you this. The God that we showed up on Sunday night in America, when there are people who right now, if they were to have one copy of God's word, would be facing death. 
that the God that I believe in is a God that loves each one of us, and he is one, and he is the only one that can bring us through storms. So I know it's not a typical Sunday night visiting preacher's message, but I don't care. Because in the end, it's what God asked me to preach. And so I don't know how y'all usually close, but this is how I think we're going to close. Tonight, I, I don't know where you're at, but I can tell you this. If you're in a storm that you don't know what's next, I want you to remember that Jesus is there. I want you to remember that he is the only hope. And I want you to remember that through that storm can only come what he has for you, which is perfect. See, his will is the only thing that's perfect. And that's something that I believe and I know. And so tonight, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads tonight. And I'm not, a, not, a real, I'm not one of those people that really draw stuff out. I, I've been working with youth a long time, and so... I think speaking a few minutes is, is basically what it is. But here's what I want us to do for just a second. I believe that we, as a country, are under attack daily. I believe that right now, that our families are being attacked more than they ever have in my lifetime. I believe that there are individuals who have followed the Lord for a long time. And some of those storms hit, and we don't know what's next. And so tonight, I don't know if there's a storm that's individually affecting you. I don't know if it's a storm that's individually affecting your entire family. Maybe it's affecting the way you worship at church. I, I don't know. But I want you to know, no matter how bad the storm is, Jesus is still the answer. And so here's how I think we're going to close tonight. If there is anybody in here, and listen, we're not going to get up and testify and all that, but here's what I want you to do. If you're in here tonight, right now, and you feel that there is a storm that you are facing, you don't even have to say the storm. It doesn't matter. The Lord knows the storm. See, Jesus was sleeping when all that was going on. He knows what storms you're going through. He is an all-knowing God. But he don't know what storm you've got, but... It, he knows every storm you've got. I don't know what storm you have, but here's what I'm going to ask you to do right now. If you have a storm right now, maybe in your family or in your individual life, that you would want somebody to pray for, I want you to stand up right now. Anybody? Now just keep your eyes closed for a minute because a couple of folks are standing. Now, as you're sitting there, for just a brief moment, maybe you don't want to stand, and maybe there's a storm that maybe is not brewing in your life. That's okay. But I want you to give everything you've got to the Lord. Here's how we're going to close. There are a few standing. So what I want you to do is if you're willing to go and just put your hands on these folks that are standing, I want you to open your eyes and I want you to just go put your hands on them. You don't even have to know the situation. I just want you to go put your hands on them. And what we're going to do is we're going to close in prayer like this. Okay? So I'm going to give anybody that's willing to go and pray with these folks. Maybe there's somebody that you know is going through a storm or maybe you just want to go and pray for somebody. I'm going to give you time to, to go to that spot.
This morning when I was praying before I went to church, I just believe God can do big things. In fact, I know he can. And my prayer is that today you did not come to church or I did not come to church without expecting them. And so when we pray in just a moment, I'm going to ask them just for a second to pray over these folks that are standing. And as we close in prayer, if there's anything that you're going through that you need to give to the Lord, here's a great time to do it. Father God, I thank you for tonight. And I thank you for the privilege to be here at Mount Airy tonight. Lord, I thank you for a church family, Father God, who, who still gets together, Father God, to worship you. Lord, I don't know what the ones that are standing are dealing with, but God, you do. I don't know what the ones that are sitting are dealing with, but you do. And Lord, in all of the storms that are going on around us, Lord, we can still see you at work. But God, more than that, we can just thank you for who you are, Lord. And I thank you for the opportunity for us tonight to be able to take just a minute and look at a story, God, that is, that, that is you all the time. A God who is with us through everything we have, through everything that we're going to do. And God, I pray that if there's somebody here tonight, God, that is struggling to know what is next, God, that you would give them a peace unlike they have ever had before. God, if there is a family here tonight that is struggling as a family, that, Lord, as a family, they will give you everything that they need so that they can see you at work in their life. Lord, I pray for this church. I pray for, for the leaders in this church. I pray for, for, for the pastors in this church. Lord, I pray for the lay people in this church. Lord, I pray that, Lord, regardless of what goes on, God, that they would look to you in everything they do. God, that you would continue to bless them. You would continue to bless our community. But Lord, that our community and that we as individuals and as families will look to you for the guidance we need. But God, more than anything, for the strength that we need. And God, we know that you're the only one that can provide it. In Christ's name, amen.